Welcome to Legends from the Hill, the Franciscan University Alumni Podcast. In celebration of our 75th Jubilee year, we are talking to alumni throughout our history about who they are, what they're doing now, and their candid experiences of life on campus. We're your hosts, Christy Fleming, Director of Alumni Relations, and Megan Cohen, Class of 2010. Join us as we hear how the Franciscan spirit lives on in the lives of our alumni on Legends from the Hill. We're very excited to have Ryan Stout join us today. Ryan is a 2006 grad who studied theology and computer science. He went on to become a software developer and a landscape photographer as a hobby. His hobby then led him to his business that he started, which was the start of an AI-powered photo assistance tool that helps to fine-tune and capture the best photos possible. He uses state-of-the-art technology to retain details and colors of photos that would otherwise go uncaptured. You can find more information about this company at witharsenal.com. All right. Welcome, Ryan, to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It is our it's our pleasure to have you. Um, so Ryan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, and how do you make it get all the way to Franciscan from where you're from? Sure. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Montana. Um, currently live in Bozeman, Montana, and uh, with my wife and four children. I let's see. I guess to start. So it's an interesting story how I actually ended up at Steubenville. Yeah, because Montana's I, uh, far from yeah Montana's far <laughs> I had heard I had heard of the school once I knew somebody who went there uh but after after high school I ended up doing a retreat ministry mm-hmm. uh kind of like net it was a traveling retreat ministry thing out of out of Yakima Washington and so I did that and then after that I ended up going to Montana State University which is a secular school I was studying CS um and honestly, it was it was a pretty good experience. I kind of knew knew what I was getting into. Um, and about halfway through my freshman year there, uh, I actually uh, I had a dream actually that I was praying in a chapel uh, somewhere. I didn't know where. And uh, I actually kind of woke up and was like, "Okay, I need to figure out where this is." So I ended up basically like googling. Chap- you like just, small chapels, no, you know, are like, you, I was like, are you serious? Uh, I mean, think about all the images that you could have come up with. I mean, literally yeah, thousands yeah. and thousands of images. Yeah. So it took a while. It took me like <laughs> two weeks to basically find what I thought was maybe it. And I had a couple, like a couple possibilities. Oh um, and it's funny cause it like, I was looking for churches, you know? And right. so eventually I stumbled upon, uh, the port, the Portiuncula in Assisi. And I was like, that's not quite it, but I was close, you know? Um, And so I ended up, yeah. So I ended up um, basically, finally I found it. I found a photo and, you know, Google. Of the port here. Of the port here. And I was like, okay, I think that's it. So, so I kind of prayed about it a little bit and I was like, okay, I don't know if God wants me to go to Steubenville, but I was like, okay, I will, I will at least, I kind of, I think I either applied or did a, they did, they did like a, not an orientation, but like a kind of come visit weekend type yeah, like thing. like come and see kind of weekend and uh, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up doing that and I 
you know, I was like, I walked in, I was like, yeah, this is it. Like, okay, <laughs> <Wow>. great. <laughs> you know? So then I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And so I, I, um, kind of prayed about it a little bit. I was like, okay, I think he, I think he wants me to go, you know? And so I, I ended up, uh, I think it was already set up. It was later in the year. I was already set up to go to Montana state again. And I kind of canceled that and, and, you know, and I had a good, I had a good community there, but I was like, okay, I think I'm supposed to do this. So, so then I'm going out there. Funny story is actually like, I met my wife the very first day oh and my then, gosh. uh, you know, and then the interesting thing is I, you know, didn't know obviously at the time, <laughs> uh, but we would just constantly run into each other. Like I just kept going there and, and was trying, I was like, all right, I'm supposed to be at this chapel. I'm going to just keep going there, mm. keep praying, you know? And so what was funny is just like every time I go in there, even there'd be nobody there and my wife would like walk in, you know, behind me. And so we ended up meeting there. And I think that was kind of the main reason. Well, one, one of many reasons why God called me there, but you know, he kind of made that easy for me, I guess, sure. <laughs> I guess if that makes sense. So, that's um, yeah, incredible. so that's, yeah, that's kind of the story. It's, uh, you know, those things don't happen every day, obviously, but, uh, sometimes God hits you over the head with, you know, the, yeah, with a whammy. <laughs> the easy totally and that you could remember it i feel like i have dreams and then afterwards like i'm gonna remember this and that's actually i didn't say that that's why that's fascinating is i never ever ever remember my dreams like that's literally the only dream i've ever remembered so So, um so i knew it was you know knew it was significant in because of that you know so um yeah it was interesting and i my friends thought I was crazy, but you of know, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully when you're to Franciscan, it was a little less crazy. They're like, Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I had yeah. a biblical dream. It led me here. No, I'm just kidding. Right. But, yeah. yeah. Old Testament style. Right? <laughs> yeah. Very wow. old Testament. Good yeah, old Montana. So, uh, so, yeah. So that's how I ended up there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I can imagine Steubenville is a little bit different than Montana. Um, yeah. So when you arrived, what was that like? I mean, I'm sure going to a state school in Montana and then coming yeah. here, what, yeah. What was that like the transition or what did you find campus to be like? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I mean, there's obviously just like sort of, I mean, the difference between being out East and being West, you know, there's a ton of sort of just cultural difference there, but I think most of the difference is just the culture of Franciscan, right. You, you know, it's a very, very welcoming place, very, um, it's interesting because I think when you're trying to build, trying to build your faith, you've got, you know, looking at Montana state as an example, like there it's, I focus was there when I was there, which was helpful, but uh, you know, it's like there was kind of that community and that was it, you know, and everything else was working against me, you know what I mean? So it was a, it was just a great place and a great time to really, kind of decide, you know, who I want, who I wanted to be, who God wanted me to be, what direction I wanted to go with things. Um, I think to kind of work on yourself, you know, without the, without the, you know, sometimes I think when you're, especially when you're in a state school, it's spiritually, it's just everything you can do to tread water, right? It's, it's, you know, everything you can do to um, keep it, keep your faith. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, and, and I think it's not as bad now. It was not as bad then as it, as it might be now, you know? And I think, I think in a lot of ways, you know, having good mentorship at Steubenville, having good friendships, having good relationships. Um, and then just even on the practical side, you know, you've got classes where you can learn about your faith and, you know, I studied theology and minored in CS and being able to, uh, you know, know, 
uh, being able to learn, you know, about the church's history and about yeah. moral principles and theology and, and right. was, uh, was very helpful, you know, and, and sort of preparing me for future, future, uh, ambitions, if right. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and it sounds, I mean, so you were raised Catholic then you already had this, um, mm-hmm. this, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't I will, say predisposition, but like you were open yeah. to what, I mean, some people would have a dream about a chapel and be like, well, that was nice. You know, like, right. not yeah. like maybe God has a plan for my life. And maybe he loves me and cares about me enough to want something for me. And I want to discover what that is. So, so you were raised Catholic then, right? Yeah. I I was raised Catholic. I kind of fell away in high school and then, um, ended up kind of having a a conversion experience late high school. Um, and then, yeah, did the traveling retreat ministry after high school. And that was very formative as well. Uh, kind of, uh, again, setting, setting trajectory and, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's interesting for me cause I've, I've like, I'm, I definitely err on the side of overly ambitious. And so it's kind of one of those where the God occasionally has to hit me over the head to be like, <laughs> pull, your, pull your head up from what you're doing and reflect on things and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was, you know, uh, when I kind of had the dream to go to Steubenville, that was definitely one of those moments where, you know, he was, he was, he, I think he knew I needed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Set that okay. foundation so, and definitely yeah. build from it. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, and did you know what you wanted to study when you went to Franciscan or what did you, how yeah, did you decide? Yeah, it was interesting. I, so it's funny. I actually started, um, I started as uh, just, just CS um, and then kind of, kind of got into it and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's challenging. I think if you're running a school, cause you, you've got, uh, people of all different levels. So I, I was really fortunate to actually, I had started programming in junior high. Um, I had a, I had a teacher that was teaching, there was a media class, which was basically, um, it was basically like using this sort of precursor to PowerPoint right. and there were where you could download like other people's presentations online. And then it actually had a scripting language in it where you could write code and like animate and make games. So, so I actually uh, asked the teacher of that class, I was like, how do you, how do you do this? And he, he uh, in all humility was like, I have no idea. I'll get you a book. So (laughs) he bought this massive book that I'm sure he paid for with his own money. And he's just like, here, you you can figure it out. You know, (laughs) when you were in middle school. Yeah, I was in junior high. So yeah. And, uh, you know, it's nice. You got a lot of time. Right. And, and I was really, I was really just interested in it and, and, uh, you know, it sounds like, yeah. And I think there was some kind of natural aptitude there that, uh, you know, and I, uh, so I just like dove in that book, got through it as much as I can. He got me another book and, and, you know, that really got me into programming as a kid. And then, um, in high school, I really just, that's pretty much all I did was, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> was self-teach programming and, and software development. So, wow. Wow. so when I, so it was interesting cause I think when I got to both Montana state and uh, Franciscan, one of the challenges was, I, you know, most pretty much everyone else in those classes was starting fresh. Right. And right. so kind of review for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, no fault on Steubenville, no. you know, it's just kind of how it is. Right. Yeah. So, so I think I got into it and I was, I kind of said, okay, this is going to be a lot of review, I'm not so concerned about having the degree for having the degree. So I ended up, you know, I was like, well, I'm very into the theology side. So I ended up doing, doing theology stuff. So 
and you're, you uh-huh. know, you're thinking, okay, this is what Franciscan's known for. This is the stuff I don't know. And they yeah. really have the expertise in and the professors. We were also wondering, okay, so, you know, you get to Franciscan, you you just, you decide you want to study theology. And mm-hmm. what else were you involved in on campus besides, you know, dating your beautiful wife and finding chapels that you have dreams about? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, you were probably here for what, three years and you had a lot to yeah. do. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I mostly, I did a, I did a bunch of startups actually while I was in college, but I can kind of circle back to that. Other than that, it was, you know, um, just a lot of social time. And then I did sound teching. So I was first line of defense. If someone was off key, Hmm. uh, I'm joking, but (laughs) I think you might be our first sound tech. On the podcast, yeah. somebody that, I mean, hey, somebody has to work that soundboard. Yeah, so. yeah, so I, did, I did that. Um, <laughs> yeah, my roommate was very into music ministry, so I, I kind of helped him, helped with that. <laughs> nice. into that. Um, yeah, no, most of it was uh, kind of trying to start little businesses. I did, I did a, when I was at Steubenville, I did a, a site that was like kind of a resell books, uh, you know, um, kind of that type of thing. Um, and then I had a, I had another site at the time. I think I started this at Montana state. That was, a basically where bands could upload music. And, um, and that was interesting. It, there's no way to monetize that stuff, but it had, Mm -hmm. you know, had about 10,000 people on it. So it had a decent, so you you were like Amazon before Amazon and Spotify (laughs) before Spotify. Yeah. yeah, Only without the money part. (laughs) Trying to do it as a college kid. Yeah. And it was good. You know, I was doing web development, so it was kind of learning, learning those skills as I went. And and honestly, there's no better way to learn it than just building a project and, you know, seeing, especially back then, uh, you know, a lot of things you built got some, tra- you know, if it provided kind of value, there was, people would hear about it because there wasn't as much that wasn't that right. many things. Out there. So, sure. so yeah, so it was kind of interesting. So wow. yeah, I spent a lot of time writing code and, and uh, did the sound tech thing, did a lot of, you know, just kind of social, social. Uh, oh yeah. Get stuff, so Man, it's so um, interesting to think how technology has changed and not like, it's not like we're generations away, but I mean, you're probably plugged into the Ethernet cord and trying to do it on like probably not yeah, the best I internet. Had, I, it was dial-up. Uh, yeah. Whoa. So, yeah, and I think a few years before that, there wasn't even dial-up. Like I think it was like wow. no internet at one at one. Like go to the library at one point. Wow. So that's um, even more impressive, though. That I mean, that takes effort and work yeah. on your part. Yeah, you know, back then it wasn't as big a deal. Like it just was like everyone was on dial-up, so yeah, web pages exactly. were smaller, and you know, um, so yeah. But it's yeah, it was funny. I I remember I was definitely the only one with like internet in the room on my floor, you know, wow. uh, which is hard to imagine now. But right? people you know? didn't need it then. Um, so my senior year, I wanted to. I knew I, my wife and I, future wife and I, wanted to live somewhere on the East Coast, so we um, to be near her family and we were engaged and whatnot. So I actually started applying for jobs on the East coast. I was like, we don't really care where we live. Um, it was kind of like, I just roll the dice and see what happens. And, uh, so I started, started emailing. I was like, this is such a hassle. And I basically, I ended up actually, um, writing a thing to basically pull down like Craigslist jobs postings. And then based on keywords in the job posting, it would like 
create a cover letter with talking about the different skills and things like that. Oh my goodness. And so I ended up sending out like a thousand, you know, job applications in five minutes or whatever, you know. I hope Uh, you included what you had just done in your job application. Like this is actually what I just built and I can do this. That's the the funny thing is I ended up getting, I ended up getting a job in DC uh, with this great company uh, and they, they kind of flew me out the next day to interview and I interviewed and then got the job. And I didn't, uh, didn't tell them at the time that, you know, it was kind of, I was getting these calls and I was like, yeah, how'd you hear about us? I'm like, so later when I worked there, it, it, this, that story came up and they were like, man, you should have told us we would have like hired you on the spot, right. you, know? <laughs> you know? So, and I don't know if that's, yeah. So anyway, so long story short, that was kind of, so by the time I took that Christian marriage class, I was like, okay, well, I want to get the degree, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what yeah. type of jobs were you looking for? What did you know that you wanted to go into? Yeah, I knew I wanted to work for a startup. Um, I knew, uh, web development was kind of what I was looking for at the time. So, so I ended up doing, um, yeah, my first job was actually doing, they call it now they call it front end web development, but back then that was just, writing was JavaScript was the, was the main thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And that was actually an, an interesting kind of providential job too. Cause I, I, uh, that company did ended up doing well in the long run. I didn't stick around for too long, but it was kind of interesting that, uh, it was three brothers that had founded it and they were all, um, they're all Muslim. And so it was interesting because they, they were, I would say somewhat into their faith. And so that was an interesting kind of like, it was nice to have that at least shared yeah. uh, kind of moral compass, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And kind of, and then it was interesting to just kind of learn about, you know, what they, what they believed and kind of hmm. talk to them about what I believed. And it was a, you know, it was a good, I think, especially coming from Steubenville, it was like not, you know, I have, I have friends that work at Google and later I worked at Apple and and Apple was fine, but like, um, you know, you hear about kind of the pressures of working at some of these bigger tech companies, you know? And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think that was a great, like, um, great learning experience, made, made a lot of great connections and, yeah. and things mm-hmm. like that. So. Okay. So you, you work at this smaller startup in DC, obviously now we know you're back in Montana. What happened that what's the trajectory there? How did you get back to the West coast? And also yeah. we want to hear how you formed this, this company, um, Arsenal and worked with, artificial intelligence and photography. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm making small connections, but I, I think you need to give our listeners the, the bigger okay, connections. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> How you got uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. I, so I, I worked for that company out of college. I ended up um, kind of quitting to do my own thing. Uh, had a few little startups that did enough where I could kind of go out on my own. I, I had a lot of connections. Uh, that's where Montana state was. So hmm. um, yeah. And then, I ended up doing, uh, my brother and I, who's also a student grad started a company that did gaming online gaming for a few years. Um, we were able to do that. We hired another student grad to do some software development. Uh, and it was basically just the three of us. And we, you know, we, we, we had, we had a lot of traction actually, uh, kind of a shot. It was back when, uh, you could kind of build on top of Facebook's platform and you could get a lot of traction doing that. So, so that was fun. I got to kind of learn, uh, you know, the, the winners in that space, it was a bunch of viral growth. So the winners were whoever could keep their servers running the longest, like you, you, 
you'd be, we had, we had a couple months where it was like double every, every three days. So, oh so it was goodness. just like learning how to keep things going and learning to do things at scale. And, wow. you know, it was fun where you'd push something and, you know, 5 million people would see it or whatever. So it was, you know, a lot of, a lot of people on our, on our games, especially for a three person company. It was, wow. it was super fun. So we did that for a couple of years that kind of dried up at some point where the market got saturated and whatnot. Yep. Uh, I went to, I did a year or two at Apple, uh, which was interesting. That was kind of right before, or at, you know, before and after Steve Jobs died. So, hmm. so around while I was working for Apple, I was kind of getting into the AI machine learning stuff, just teaching myself that um, kind of had to go back and like relearn calculus and all hmm. that. So, uh, cause math was never my, <laughs> <laughs> was never my strong seat back then. Wow. So uh, kind of retaught myself that, learned, uh, you know, started getting in early on the machine learning stuff. And that's been a blessing to just be able to, you know, be in that space. It's obviously been amazing to watch. And then basically Arsenal started as a, uh, I got into photography as a hobby. Um, I actually wanted to, I wanted a hobby that I could do. This is kind of funny, but after my kids went to bed mm -hmm. um, and in Montana in the winter, like it's just dark at 5 p.m. So I actually got into night photography, doing like Milky Way uh, oh. photography and things like That's that. That's funny because most parents would not be like, I'm going to take photos after my kids go to bed. That's right. probably the exactly. farthest thing from them. But yours had a location element to it, yeah. to your hobby. Yeah, Montana is one of the best places to do night photography stuff. Oh, so really and. Cool. This was kind of like when cameras were just being able to take those types of photos. Oh, yeah. Um, so, it was, so it was neat. I could drive half hour, be in the darkest areas, you know, the darkest zones in the country, hmm. um, and then take, you know, these amazing, amazing Milky Way photos, you know. Wow. Um, so I got into that, and then basically I started trying to automate. There's a lot of night photography is this really funny thing where, uh, especially different times of year. Sometimes you're photographing right, you know, in the evening, sometimes it's in the morning mm -hmm. and when it's, sometimes it's the middle of the night and when it's in the middle of the night, you're just, your brain doesn't work. Right. Cause you're up at 2 AM with a bunch of coffee <laughs> yeah. and, and night photography is this really technical thing where you've got like, you have to do kind of all these different steps in different order. And so Arsenal actually started as a way to like automate that. Cause I kept screwing it up. I kept like, like, and then you've oh, invested all the time and like, even yeah. you're like, I'm taking time out of my own sleep to get these photographs. Right. And, exactly. yeah. and I come yeah. home and it's frustrating, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it basically started there. So I started building kind of this tool. So um, just to give a little background on what Arsenal is as a product now, uh, it's basically this accessory for DSLR mirrorless cameras. And the, the way I always pitch it is uh, in the last decade, most of the advances in photography have been on the software side. So they kind of hit like this limit where they're doing a good job of capturing, of measuring most of the light that hits the sensor. So now the advances are how do you, you know, take multiple photos, combine them in different ways. How do you do this processing, denoising, things like that. Uh, and so basically all those advances have been on the phones and they haven't made it up to the bigger cameras uh, for kind of legacy historical reasons. Most of the big camera companies are these hardware companies that kind of don't understand the software thing. So, mm -hmm. so Arsenal is basically this piece of hardware that you can mount on the top of a camera, plug it in over USB. It'll control the camera. It'll help you pick settings and it'll do some of these kind of workflow automation things that people kind of, especially landscape photographers, 
would do in Photoshop or something, it'll kind of automate that for you and, and make it easier to get a good photo. Um, and so that actually kind of, it kind of spiraled out of me starting to automate my, my, uh, night photography workflow. And then we, I kind of pivoted at one point, uh, and this was just me working on it at the time. I kind of pivoted and, uh, I, at one point I handed my camera to my wife and was, she wanted to take a picture of me and the kids. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, uh, she, I was trying to explain like how to do it, you know, how to set aperture and ISO right. and, and kind of jokingly was like, she's like, I just want a good picture. I don't want to learn anything. <laughs> um, and that was kind of, it was kind of a joke, but it actually made me kind of reflect a little bit. I was like, okay, there is, there is this learning curve to photography. Mm -hmm. That's very steep, uh, especially if you're not a technical person, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so Arsenal's really there to kind of make it. So um, it, it's funny. We have like, I would say it's like two thirds beginners and then a third, some of the other features, but um, basically it's, it's there to kind of help people get over that initial learning curve where they mm -hmm. feel like they can get a good photo right away. Um, you know, the phones do all this stuff to kind of give you that ready to go photo mm -hmm. and the cameras really don't. So we're kind of bringing that experience uh, up to the bigger cameras. So I feel like that's a wonderful thing because I feel like, especially well, me speaking for personal experience, I want to take pictures on my DSLR of my family mm -hmm. and things that are happening. Yeah. And it's hard to capture, number one, kids that are moving crazy right. in, you know, yeah. like forest times speed. But also there right. is a learning curve. I, I didn't learn all of the things that my parents used on their, you know, their quote unquote, like dumb cameras, you know. Right, yeah. um, and now with the DSLR, it's like they didn't know how to teach me on that. So I do right. feel like there's this gap in my, in my learning personally, but I would love to use my camera more instead of just yeah. my phone all the time, you know, cause right. like there's, you, there's beautiful you moments you want to capture. Better. Yeah. And you can get way better photo. like the, you know, I mean, you look at the amount of light that, you know, a big camera lens that's in it's, there's way more data there. Um, yeah. One of the features that I think a lot of people like on it is especially for kid photography, we've got this algorithm that basically tracks things as they move across the frame. So it'll figure out, mm. oh, they're moving this fast across the frame. And then it sets the shutter speed accordingly so that they're not blurry when it, wow. you know, wow. when it actually goes to take the photo, um, which great. is nice. And then there's a, gyro a gyroscope in the hardware. So if your hands are shaky, right. it knows how fast does that shutter need to be. To, to get rid of that camera shake. So, so a lot of stuff like that where it's just, and phones do that, but I think no one understands, you know, the phones kind of, so <laughs> right. it's, a lot of, it's a lot of bringing that up. So. Yeah. And uh, I was noticing looking at, at your website of the difference of the pictures, the, yeah. the clarity, the color, the color. Yeah. It, yeah. It's incredible. The detail that yeah. you are able to capture that you think in a another professional camera it's really nice but then you look at what yours is doing it's like whoa this it looks photoshopped it doesn't look real yeah, it, yeah it's interesting the the part of the reason for that is the workflow that the companies that make the cameras sort of envision it, it's it's really i think it's partly cultural um you know all the all the main camera companies canon nikon sony fuji they're all Japanese companies. And I think in Japan, they just have a very different take on hmm. what people want from a photo, you know, from a camera. So I think they think, okay, you want sort of this, like imagine they want, they think of it in the old school film way where it's like, hmm. I want my negative. And then they think you want to go into Lightroom and spend all this time hmm. developing. 
right. developing the photo. Uh, and so the cameras don't really do anything to kind of automatically bring those colors out and automatically pull highlights and shadows and things mm-hmm. like that. So, so yeah, so what we, what we do, and this was our main Arsenal 2 feature, it's basically a neural network that uh, learns, basically learns how to edit photos. Like in so real time. Our, it's like doing yeah, it right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. So our poor stills photographer had to like manually edit 10,000 photos so we could train it, you know, like, so, so it's got, so it's sort of learned from his edits, basically how to, how to, you know, pull those colors out and where to place highlights and shadows, how much contrast in midtones, things like that. Right. And who Um, is your, your big customer? Like, who are you marketing to? It's primarily landscape photographers. I would say mostly hobbyist landscape photographers so what you are uh, that's what you were you were the you were the yeah. novice landscape photographer so right. and you were the one that wanted this experience you know so yeah. you're marketing to those people yeah yeah it was definitely a scratch your own itch product which i think right. uh you know the introvert in me likes because i you know i should you should always spend as much time talking to your customers but when you can kind of <laughs> internally ask yourself you know well, it's it's always helpful so yeah uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a, it's been a really, it's been a really fun project. I think, um, you know, got to work with some awesome technology, uh, uh, yeah, real, uh, and, and just real quick kind of backstory. So it was, it was me originally, uh, and then in 2017, I launched, uh, actually launched it on Kickstarter cause we had this hardware component. Kickstarter is kind of, Kickstarter is this great way to basically figure out, you know, one is their interest before you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on tooling, you know, and, and ramping up your production. Uh, and then it's also beneficial because when you go to, uh, you know, if you're, if you kind of have a successful Kickstarter, you know, how kind of, you get a very good sense of long-term sales. And so it's helpful to know like, okay, our production, our first production run probably needs to be this big. And, uh, providentially we had a, we had a pretty big Kickstarter for the first, for the first one. And, that was very helpful because we were able to get into these factories we manufacture in China and we were able to get into these factories that just wouldn't have taken us seriously had we kind of started slowly, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, on, on the flip side, uh, we went kind of from zero to 60. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it was me, basically me with a working prototype. And then, you know, a month later we had, uh, 20,000 orders and more coming in quickly. Oh my goodness. Uh, and so I, we basically went from one person to 30 within a couple of months. Oh working, uh, working on this, right? Working, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So it's interesting. Just the, uh, that time was so fascinating because there was, there was so much providence at during the entire thing, because we didn't set out to be like, you know, I didn't go into it like, Oh, I want to hire a bunch of Catholics, but providentially, uh, I hired one, uh, well, my brother worked for me for a while. And then I hired another, uh, person that I went to Steubenville with. And then it's funny. Cause even we hired, we had one technology that I had prototyped. I had done the prototype iOS app in, and I thought to myself, you know, you always think like, okay, we'll rewrite this when we get there. And then you kind of, you get there and you're like, oh, we don't have time to rewrite it. So it was this very niche technology that literally there were five people in the world that worked with. Wow. Um, and so we, we were like, all right, go hire one of them, you know, so, <laughs> find so we them hired, and hire them. Yeah. You know? so, so we hired the number two. Wow. Um, and then I don't remember how, I don't remember the details of how it came up, but basically, uh, 
He's like super strong Catholic. His wife did the retreat ministry that I did Whoa. out of high oh school. Oh my goodness. Like that, like what are the, you know, that's, what are the it's, not, it's not, you know, a coincidence. Right. right. But uh, so, so it's fascinating because we've got, I think it's, it's been really great because by providence or whatever, it's like, we can, we very, we have a very, a very strong company culture where mm-hmm. everyone's kind of well aligned and, mm-hmm. uh, and it just makes, it makes things easier, right. Where yeah. you don't have to worry about that type of stuff. So, yeah, definitely. I think it's so interesting that, you know, your story at Franciscan started with an image, you know, like this image of the chapel of the port and you, you know, you spent time looking for this exact image, right? And, and you even uh, yeah, found yeah. the original image, which is funny because right. most yeah. people would say, oh, that's the original port, right? You know, the one in Assisi. Right. But you were like, yeah. it's just a little different. And it's so interesting that here you are, you know, helping people find the right image, like yeah. create the right image. You know, it's just right. so like, it's kind of mind blowing to hear your yeah. story, well, you know? Especially landscape photography, I, I, I will say one of the one of the most amazing things about doing Arsenal as a project is, uh, you know, we get to travel the world to shoot marketing material. You know, it's Ooh. like you, you, we just got just got back from Iceland a little a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know the it it's so fascinating to be like, okay, my when we're doing the marketing trips, it's like my job is to show God's creation off, right? Mm, like yeah. in the best the best light, the best conditions, you know, and, but yeah, it's been great being able to travel and, and see all the, um, you know, see, see all these beautiful places and try to capture them, you know, and it really does kind of humbles you, humbles you a little bit mm-hmm. when you, you know, uh, when you get to see these places in person and then, you know, and, and really kind of, it's, it's especially neat. I think landscape photography is a lot about patience, you know, mm-hmm. it's about being able to wait out for that exact mm-hmm. moment when things are going to be perfect. And, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very, um, sort of, uh, not to be cheesy, but it's a little transcendent when you get sure. these unbelievable oh, yeah. sunsets, you know, and you get to be there for it, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's amazing. What is one other spot before we let you, uh, get on with your day, but what was one other spot that you were like, this is it? Yeah. I mean, I, so Iceland, I, the first Iceland trip I did was in 2019. Um, and we, we did something really interesting. Uh, we went during the summer solstice. And so the sun sets at like 1230 AM and rises at like 2 AM. Oh my goodness. Um, and it's not actually dark. Like it just kind of dips below the horizon. And so we kind of, we were like, why don't we just stay awake? You know, like, why don't mm-hmm. we just wake up at 7 PM and go to bed at, uh, you know, 10 AM or something. Right. Uh, and so that was great to get. And and what happens is because the sun's so low on the horizon, you get what's called there's, it's called golden hour in the photography world. And it's basically where as the sun gets lower on the horizon, the light gets better. And so normally you're used to, you know, for us, it's like we, you know, in Montana or on the West coast or something, you're getting 15 minutes of like the really good light. Mm-hmm. And right. so you're used running around like crazy, trying to <laughs> capture whatever you need, you know, in the hopes that it'll work. And there it was, five hours a day, six hours a day wow. of just unbelievable, this unbelievable golden light the entire time. And I think partly because it, it like messes with you when you're up at night and when it's like mm-hmm. that all the time. And, uh, it was really, we, we went to this one particular location that 
uh, you never see good sunsets at just because of the way the, the way the winds and stuff. And it was just an eight hour sunset, mm. unbelievable the whole time. And, and it was really just like, this is something special. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, this is something like God, I think it was Providence too. Cause we had to get, had to get a bunch of shots where, uh, you know, we had a bunch of things to check off in a short period of time and yeah. it just worked out perfectly. So that's uh, really cool. I love that. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, it's definitely uh, an experience. So um anyway wow well when people go on your website right after this podcast if they haven't already pulled it up you're going to be wowed when you see these photographs and remind them where can they find all of this information your website uh yeah so our website is witharsenal.com uh and yeah it's yeah we're basically we've shipped version two and we're just kind of continuing to work on features and and grow it and Mm-hmm. we'll see see where it takes us so very cool even beginners amateur photographers yeah. can try this yeah it's definitely um you know most of our customers are landscape photographers it's great if you're out taking landscape photos great um you know travel that type of thing so yeah i'm inspired by beauty so it sounds great let's yeah. spread it let's spread the beauty so, yeah. okay, Ryan, we're going to take you all the way back to Franciscan and we want to okay. hear about yeah. um, your experience there with our hot takes from the Hill. So sure. when you were at Franciscan, who was your favorite professor? Uh, I don't know if he still teaches, but uh, Dr. Weicker, was he around when you guys were there? Hmm. I'm not sure. What did he teach? Uh, Christian Moral Principles, which was a great, great class by him. Um, yeah. Very good. Did you have a favorite place to study slash obviously work since you were uh, yeah. starting yeah, all these funny. businesses? I, uh, I definitely did not study that much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was, uh, you were building, not, uh, yeah, mostly, yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, mostly just my dorm. I, uh, yeah, I was I was a little bit of a recluse, I guess. Um, Where did you live? What dorm did you live in? I was in Trinity, nice. so I got to look out and see, uh, see, uh, you know, I was on the courtyard most of the time. Oh, yeah. So, so you, you yeah. were just looking at people, probably staying yeah, up way too like, late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or sometimes I would see. It's funny. There was there was always a one of the garbage cans. I would always see the raccoons climb inside. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, one time somebody threw a McDonald's bag away and like two seconds later after they went by, the raccoon like comes out oh with it gosh. in his mouth, you know, oh gosh, that's awesome. uh, so it was a bit of a wildlife viewing area. I guess. Is this where your love of landscape and wildlife <laughs> yeah, photography no, first started? Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh, it was on the edge of the woods, right? So, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, who is your, was your favorite, is your favorite friar or sister on campus? Um, father Stan, I don't know if you guys, if he was around either. Um, he was just very authentic, like, and kind of always had a, always had a way of being like open to the miraculous. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was one of those, like, it was like, he had quite a few kind of miracle stories. And I think it was always like, mm-hmm. you could kind of tell just by the way he talked that they happened because he was open to them happening, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. that he was, you know, able to. Yeah, to be open to it and yeah. so wasn't for attention. Was it was more of like he had a natural yeah. wonder. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So that was always always very moving. I think. Um, yeah. Nice. Did you have a favorite thing to do off campus, or a place to go? Uh, let's see. 
we would actually go, my friends and I would go to the Carnegie Science Center sometimes, oh, which, yeah. oh yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely cool. Yeah. So where did your wife and you go on your first date? I'm assuming after, you know, it wasn't just in the port that you did. You were like, let's keep, <laughs> let's go out. Let's well, go out It's funny. My, my wife jokes that I only took her on one date before we, uh, before we got married, which oh. might be true. Uh, and, yeah. and, I'm, and so the joke is that I took her to Sheets, the gas station to get like whatever the, they have like uh, muffins or something or like muffins. that. Muffins. Schmuffins or whatever they call it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like a sandwich on a yes. English muffin type thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think that was our first. Uh, honestly, that might have been the only time we like the only kind of date we, we went on before we got married. So. <laughs> hey, college. That's college for yeah, you. She's very, uh, you know, uh, Looking back, I'm like, well, good thing she was uh, she was willing to let that slide, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. And finally, have you ever run into an alum in an unexpected place? You know, seeing somebody. Yeah. yeah uh, so it's funny. My wife recently. This is maybe a year or two ago. She put up an ad on Craigslist to have someone like put our Christmas lights up, just because I was like out of. I was, no, I was there, but I was busy with other stuff or something. Um, And it's funny because she got a couple, she got like a couple applicants and because it's Craigslist, she, she went on to kind of Facebook research them to figure out what what degree of murderer they are, you know? (laughs) Uh, And it's funny because the one, the main guy that she was looking at, she's like, oh, 30 mutual friends. And, you know, turns out it was a Steubenville grad. No way. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I just kind of do this to make a little extra money. And, you know, that's amazing. I love that story in Montana. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Well, Ryan, it is such a joy to hear about your journey and where you've been and where it has taken you. So thank you so much for sharing it with us today and taking us Mm. back all the way to Steubenville up until today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Great. Uh, Great to great to chat about (laughs) yeah well we wish you all the luck and um if we can do anything to help let us know thank you thank you for joining us on another episode of legends from the hill if you liked this conversation please share it with an alumni you think would also enjoy it and be sure to follow us on facebook and instagram at franciscan alumni to stay up to date on events in your area and news on campus do you know an alumni who has a story to tell We want to hear legends from throughout our 75-year history. Email us suggestions for the podcast at alumni at franciscan.edu. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Legends from the Hill.